Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols, and it is Golf Thought Thursday, where we work through common mental game struggles and explore the ways you can improve so you can shoot better scores. On today's Golf Thought Thursday, we're going to be working through choking. What is it, what it comes from, and how to address it. But before we get into this episode, if you feel like you need one-on-one work on your mental game, that's what I do. Yes, I host this podcast, but my actual occupation is working with players all over the world on their golf psychology. If you'd like to take the next step to improve your mental game, send an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com or visit my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. All right, let's learn some things about choking. What is choking? It's a significant performance decline in a pressure scenario when the same skill is performed at a normal standard in a casual round of golf. So you you play worse when there's pressure than when you play in a casual round. Choking usually happens when there's some anxiety and constriction and your game suffers as a result and you play worse than you normally do. We've all seen this on the biggest stages of the game and we've seen it in our own game. It's extremely common and normal to start playing worse when there's more pressure. You may have heard me talk about this before. Uh, When I played in a U.S. mid-am qualifier, I was, I believe, one or two under going into the 13th hole, and I blasted the drive out of bounds, and I made a triple bogey in a U.S. mid-am qualifier, and I felt like I was blowing it. And all of these, the symptoms that we're going to talk about flowed through me and it, it felt like I was choking it away. And a lot of my players who bring this up to me say something like, yeah, I just have a really hard time closing out a good round. I'm playing good, and then I just always blow it. So my question to them is usually, what are the typical feelings and emotions you experience when you're playing good? Well, they usually say they start getting tight and tense, and they start making guidey, protective swings. Maybe you can relate to that. So I ask them, if you're making protective swings, What are you protecting from? They say, from ruining my good round, from blowing it. Well, at this point, we've got a couple things to go on. We've got fear of failure, fear of blowing it, fear of losing something you have. And we've also got placing judgment on how your round is going. And we've also got past and future thinking. So let's let's hone in on the fear for this episode. When you have a fear of something, you're going to guard against it. And you're also going to have a very hard time paying attention to anything else if there's something you're afraid of right there. So if you're afraid of blowing a good round, your attention will be on avoiding that thing instead of being present and focusing on the shot in front of you. Your attention's going to be on not blowing the round instead of being present, focused on this shot. What do I have to do on this shot? And most of us attack this through trying to relax, trying to calm down, trying to distract ourselves from the thing we're afraid of. Some of us, you know, crack a drink to to take the edge off. We start playing music. We distract ourselves. But this just ignores the thing you're afraid of. It doesn't make it go away. Think of you're driving down the highway and a cop car kind of pulls up behind you. Just because you ignore the cop car that's driving right behind you on the highway, it doesn't make the cop car go away. Uh, It's still there, whether you ignore it or not. So you have to actually address the fear. So when you're afraid of something, that means the possibility of that thing happening is unacceptable. And you might say, blowing this good round is unacceptable. 
that's going to lead to fear, right? If if a potential outcome is unacceptable to you and and it would be awful if this happened, yeah, you're going to be afraid of it. But you have to ask yourself, is it? Is blowing a good round unacceptable? Would it actually be that bad if I blew this good round? Okay, yeah, it would sting. I wouldn't be happy. I'd probably be a little frustrated, maybe a lot frustrated, but would it be detrimental? Would it ruin my golf career forever? Well, no, of course not. And yes, there have been pro golfers that we uh, we can all think of who've choked away rounds of golf, and it sure seemed like it ruined their golf career. Something we all need to get straight. Every round of golf comes with a risk of pain and discomfort and frustration. That's what golf is. It's a challenge with obstacles and requires precise skill. It's very difficult. We can all attest to that. And courses are designed to challenge you. Everything about golf poses a risk to you in some way. So coming to terms with that reality is a great place to start. So for your round where you're playing great through 14 holes, if you finish the last holes for the last four holes, let's say five over, that would of course sting. But would it be detrimental to your golf career? I think we could all agree that it wouldn't truly be detrimental. So in the moment, when you feel that tension of pressure, you know that's probably coming from a source of fear of blowing your good round. And in response to noticing that fear, you can ask yourself if blowing this good round would be unacceptable. Now, if the answer is yes, it would be unacceptable, then you have every reason to be afraid. And sometimes it, it, that, it, that might be the case, but I think uh, if you're like most golfers, then the answer will probably be no. Blowing the round would not be unacceptable. I can ultimately accept blowing this round. And again, it wouldn't feel great. It would be disappointing. You would be sad. You would feel real human normal emotions to something uh, not going up to your potential or up to your standard, but I can ultimately accept blowing this round. And that can diffuse the fear. If you can say truthfully, I can handle the worst case scenario, then there's less to be afraid of. So going into a situation aware that there's some pressure there, I'm most likely not going to perform up to my normal level. Having an acceptance of that, just starting there, and then having an awareness of when the tension starts to come on, you know that the fear of failure is probably starting to rise. So you're, you're starting to tune into the feelings, the, the, the physical sensations that you commonly do. So that tension probably means that there's fear of failure there. So now you have a tool to respond to that fear of failure. Ask yourself, what's the worst case scenario here? And I know that sounds crazy. Bringing up the worst case scenario in the middle of a round of golf doesn't sound like good advice, but we normally try to hide that. Remember, we try to ignore it. And that doesn't make it go away. So openly address it. What's the worst case scenario here? And tell it to yourself. Make it very clear what the worst case scenario is. And in that moment, if you feel like you can handle that worst case scenario, that it's not life or death, then you've shown yourself that there isn't actually anything worth truly being afraid of. Since the worst case scenario is acceptable, you're freed up to just play. You can just be yourself and swing freely. Yes, you'll still feel tension. 
as long as there's some importance there, then there's the risk of it not going up to your standards. But a little tension never hurt anybody. And yes, it's still possible to play the last four holes poorly. It, uh, to quote-unquote blow the round. It, that's still possible. Having a good relationship with the worst-case scenario doesn't magically make you play better, but it stacks the deck in your favor. It helps you get out of your own way. That's the purpose of the mental game. That's why we're doing all of this. That's why I run a podcast called The Mental Golf Show. That's why I work with players one-on-one. This is the purpose of the mental game, to give your physical game the best opportunity to show. So you've addressed the fear, not the symptoms of fear. You've addressed the deeper cause of choking, not the symptoms of choking. Instead of trying to fix your swing during the round or trying to relax or trying to make yourself feel better, instead, work through the quick little mental exercise of addressing the worst case scenario. That should diffuse the fear and lead to being more present and swinging a little more freely. All right, everyone, hope you enjoyed this Golf Thought Thursday about choking and how having a good relationship with the worst case scenario can diffuse the fear of failure. And as I always mention at the end of these episodes, what you've heard here isn't therapy. It's meant for information and education purposes only. If you feel like you need personal help on some deeper things you're going through, I encourage you to talk to a licensed professional. But on the golf psychology front, if you feel like what you've heard doesn't quite cut it and you'd like to work one-on-one with someone, I'm a golf psychology coach. I work with players all over the world on improving their minds so they can improve their performance on the course. If you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to send an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com or visit my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. All right. Thanks again to everyone uh, for listening to this podcast. Whether you're new here or you've been here since day one, I really appreciate the community we've built. If you've enjoyed this episode, go subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And I'd love it if you shared this episode with a friend who maybe struggles with closing out a good round. We all know that person who seems to always struggle at the end of the round. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Mental Golf Show. I'm Josh Nichols, and I'll catch you guys next time.